good position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, welcome to episode number 306 of the Best Blue Games Podcast. Here are you at 1100 uh, hours in the AM, West Coast, Banana Coast, Love Cold, Cold, Remote Time. Ah, on this beautiful Saturday morning, crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign with the post toasties and the breakfast flakes coming at you live for world quadraphonic, stereophonic, and uh, whoa, we're drunk this week. Oh boy, and we got a big show. Ivor, you're fired. Let's have that whiskey. Tip, 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 tip. Yeah, that's good, right? Mm. Oh boy. Oh, that'll put the sizzle back in your steak. Oh, oh boy. Because who doesn't need whiskey at fucking 11 o'clock in the morning? West Coast. Pacific Coast time. That would make it um for our sequel friends. And fuck this drive time radio bullshit bit. I will. You're fired. Sorry. That would make it for our sequel friends. The one true time and date format. Uh, twenty twenty oh nine oh nine oh five at 
just around 11.10 a.m. Pacific Coast time. Coast with the most. Ivor, you've been fired. We have a big show for you this week. I have no idea. Oh, that's right. I forgot to mention. This week, we decided to do, and this was careful planning on my part. It required, like, delicate synchronization and scheduling the nuance that went in to the organizational challenge involved in putting this particular episode of this show together in this specific way rivals that of the Apollo space program. I mean, for reals. The one thing that we knew that we need to have happen for this week's episode is for me to get insanely crazy shit tore up from the floor up backwards ossified which is besossified uh, completely fucking wasted oh god so drunk like you hit me with a fucking frying pan and I said ding dinnerino anyway so yeah so managing to work that into my busy schedule of playing solitaire working on card tricks and staring despairingly with abject (laughs) I don't know despairingly with abject nihilistic disinterest into the hopeless void to keep them all the hopeless void which opens yes right before our very eyes um yeah I'm very drunk this week so show might be might be a little interesting we got a lot of shit this week it's actually a very big show mm. luckily Ivor you're fired Ivor crack engineer and calendar juggling managerial expert Ivor Molina talent wrangler talent wrangler batshit batshit harvester Oh, old hand, old hand, keeper of the keys, crack engineer Ivor Molina. Ah, the envelopes and the many EQ filters and the never anything done on time. Anyway, you're fired, Ivor. Uh, yeah, so we, 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 we managed to make sure that we're very, very, very drunk this week. So let's get straight to the show. Um, like I said, we got a lot of stuff to cover. Let's get straight to the top stories. Um, first off, our feature this week. Well, let me see if I can say that again in English. First, I, I, I'm wasted. Yeah! Gentry's Gin. Our music is being brought to you tonight to the courtesy of Gentry. No, gin, no, no. Drink. God damn it. Whenever you're planning a party, no, we're not doing that again. Gin around, uh... No, Jesus. Mm, listen to a girl. Mm. So, first off in our top stories this week, um, for the first time in like almost like, well, at least a year, at least a year, uh, Finally, for once, DeNovo, which I've maintained throughout every episode of this show since its inception, 
since the inception of Denovo, since its debut on the scene. For those of you who don't know what Denovo is, it's a uh, it's actually an encryption algorithm. It's not even an algorithm. It's just a uh, an encryption uh, key pairing blah, and then a data set, which in this case happens to be your entire video game that is totally uncrackable unless the algorithm which actually manages the handshake which is just like ridiculous like oh they can't use anything that's like you know Linux standard no POSIX anything well whatever I'm not going to get into a debate about DeNovo because I don't really know much more about it other than it's fucking fundamentally evil and that for like I I want to say like almost 18 months maybe two years Everyone and their fucking mother, anytime a game um, has appeared on the Steam store uh, for Linux, regardless of, you know, whatever level of Proton we're talking about, you know, pre Glorious Egg Roll or post Glorious Egg Roll, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't work, everyone always blames it all. Now, just because, and I've, I've gotten into arguments with every one of my listeners about this um, over the years. Well, at least, at least over the last 12 months. At least, bare minimum. And the, the argument that that is problematic for me is, yes, DeNovo is fucking evil. It's like republicanism. At this point, it is, you know, a monstrous, cancerous, ulcerous growth that is you know, blah. But unlike republicanism and unlike the GOP, De Novo really has a limited sphere of influence. So while it's like fundamentally bad in principle, the basic basic premise of De Novo is that it's inverse ransomware. It's like CryptoLocker, but you pay them to enslave you to CryptoLocker. Which, by the way, and I, as I've always, and as I've always maintained on this podcast, and I can tell you the first game that, that, that did it, it was, um, Day X Mankind Divided. And the DeNovo was bad. And then the, um, then the, 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 the uh, DLC based microtransaction, large scale microtransaction structure was horrible. But it really wasn't DeNovo that, made that game terrible. And in fact, it's just how terrible DeNovo is. Like, in every level, like, like from a technical perspective, it's an idiotic idea. The idea is this. Okay, so you buy your... Instead of buying your games from a video game store like CompUSA in 1998 or whatever, we now buy our games in the form of literally digital licenses. That's what Steam was originally... uh, Let's not go into that. You can go back and listen to the old episodes of the show, but bottom line is this. DeNovo is... Here's what it does. All DeNovo does is is it sets up a handshake between... You have to be... If you have a game that has DeNovo copyright protection, it's uncrackable. That's the first thing. Second thing is, it has to be able to phone home. Or to respond to whatever logic, you know, it's, uh, it's handler 
requires. So maybe it doesn't have to phone home every day. Sometimes, well, well, actually for many titles, it phones home every time you try to launch the game. Phoning home transmits I can't, okay, now, wait, hang on, I'm not technically, technically exactly clear on this because I'm very fucking drunk and I'm halfway stoned. But, um, it's just like any other handshake. When it phones home, it's like, yeah, okay, so here's my key, here's my encryption key, which I imagine is also probably encrypted. It's probably like a hash of, like, the actual encryption key or whatever. Because it's, oh, God, you know, oh. But the bottom line is this, the game itself on your hard drive is actually almost like its own partition in that it has its own encryption key and cannot be run. The files cannot be read. The game cannot be run. Um, unless that handshake Hey, hey Ubisoft, this is you know Scoogie Sprite from Best Links Games Podcast. I'm trying to run Day X Mankind Divided, just as an example. Um, I'm on Linux. You sold me this key on this date. We send them those tiny packets of information and then they respond via semaphore almost immediately. Yeah, you're good to go, at which point De Novo begins to real-time, pseudo-real-time, unencode and run. Like, decrypts and runs the game. And then it, like, all vanishes. That's ostensibly the idea. It's the stup- one of the stupidest ideas ever in the history of the world. And there's many thousands of great reasons to hate Denovo many thousands, and I've always been a big fan of hating DeNovo, because DeNovo is fundamentally evil. Basically, the argument boils down to, well, in this world of digital transactions, where there is no corporeal, physical media component to your software purchases, what determines actual ownership, especially in the already murky, in terms of, like, you know, the free and open source software idiosphere, um, realm of games which I've always maintained should never be free and open source, I mean, there should be free and open source software f- that, you know, are video games you can like download from your uh, your whatever your distro's repository system is or whatever but really what free and open source software needs is not greater protection or a bigger share of free and open source software for games because games are entertainment and therefore they don't really fall Stallman himself will disagree with me and believe me we've all listened to every aspect of every one of his arguments over every fucking public appearance I love Richard Stallman Um, but the bottom line is games are not fundamental business uh, essential business logic to any enterprise no matter, you know, if it's a one-person shop or like a library in Uganda or a 75-person development uh, 
you know, uh, unity fucking farm be it all located in one physical location or distributed like all across the entire world and because of that it it games fundamentally break the FOSS you know blah but where it all balances out is what we should be focusing in terms of like the Linux community. We should be focusing on getting getting porting, creating if we have to, work first class workalikes for all of the twenty the you know twenty first century fourth generation ish um development tools and frameworks to work easily and free because then you'll have endless free games for everybody but that's you know the big the big picture anyway everyone hates novo so do i but many people have blamed novo when it's not been the problem this is the first time since i'm almost I, I, i'm going to say it's like if it's not the very first time, it's like in the top three times ever. And I'm not going to go back and look at the archives. That was Ivor's job, but he's fired! He's useless. Um, Marvel's Avengers. Online, massively multiplayer, role-playing game, beat-em-up thing featuring all the characters that they killed, respawned, killed and respawned summoned like town you know, fucking Diablo town killers over and over again just to make you pay one more time well, uh, as of yesterday uh, they they dropped Marvel's Avengers which right now I guess is like the biggest video game blah, I bought a copy it does not work and for once in the miserable life of DeNovo, which is just like a, it's like the Trump administration, it's a history of shit endless shit on top of shit like, reason number 1 through 50 why this is like the worst idea and then, oh, okay the, the, the flow chart of this decision chain goes from like, worst idea of 50 to like an endlessly unthinkable um improbable chain of decisions all on that level of Stygian fucking <laughs> yeah, it, uh, stunning incomprehensibility or whatever the fuck I'm I'm very drunk that I mention that right now as of this morning Marvel's Avengers which I have yet to return is completely broken and it's completely broken by DeNovo and this is after they pushed three updates for this game in the last 24 hours. Yeah, I want to say last 24 hours. Right? Yeah, it's Saturday. Game came out yesterday. Pretty amazing. And what's even more concerning and what really bothers me about this is that after they pushed this update, it's a, the game may be exhibiting behaviors that made Linux users so very fond of DeNovo 
back in the day when it first really debuted uh, on Linux via Proton. After you know Proton came out, then we started to see games that you know had to know about from before, like from a year before, two years before. Suddenly, they were now supposed to be playable on Linux, but they didn't work. And beyond that, the thing that really made everyone hate Denovo was not... I've never had a really... And I'm sorry, friends of the show from the Discord uh, channel and stuff. Um, Most of you are pretty new, actually. But I've never had anything beyond a halfway barely halfway intelligent discussion about the actual workings of de novo which i used to actually know but i you know i don't i tend not to think about them because generally they've been much more irrelevant from a practical perspective than they have been a source of contention from an ideological perspective that means that a lot of people have a lot of FUD and a lot of opinions and they just hate DeNovo but they're not ready to talk about it in any sort of fucking realistic dimension it's like the Trump administration, it's like, you know Bill Barr saying that oh, oh well, I don't I'm the Attorney General of the United States of America and I don't know if it's illegal to vote twice I'd have to look at the state law, I don't know if it's illegal to, it's illegal to vote twice and you're the fucking attorney general. Anyway, people get hung up on the like the I hate DeNovo slash I hate Bill Barr aspect of any sort of discussion. This is traditionally, oh, and this has been months and months and months and months. I want to say two years, better part of two years. But they can't separate their own like their own actual human flavored emotions from any sort of like rational technical discussion. And the irony is that, for the most part, de novo has not been what's broken so many post-Proton Linux games uh, in their, you know, demi-nascent, you know, what do you call it? Uh, when you're, like, embryonic. Embryonic states. It's really been easy anti-cheat. And uh, fucking Epic buying easy anti-cheat and then subverting all of easy anti-cheat, which subverted easy anti-cheat for all of their clients which were many, 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 many independent game studios. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. Fuck you, Boldy Lockers. Said you were right back then. Why did you have to become an asshole? Hey, I'm very drunk. Well, one of the things that made everyone in terms of Linux really hate DeNovo wasn't so much the fact that it was evil, or even that they even really understood how and why it was evil. It was that they feared it. They were afraid of DeNovo. And why were they afraid of it? Because for several major AAA titles that finally made like their debut on Linux, just post-Proton, DeNovo would freak out when it phoned home from being launched inside of your Steam client on a Linux machine using Proton as a compatibility layer, it would phone home 
and report I am being held hostage by an alien hacker computer. We don't even, they don't even use fucking backslashes. They use slashes. This is a madhouse. Please find me. Here's my GPS coordinates. Shut down this account and ban it permanently, not just from your server, not just from this game, but from shared whitelists across the board that, you know, we're there to monitor uh, de novo denials when de novo phones home. And thus, it basically bricked your game and banned you for life without any way of appeal and without telling you this. So it just wouldn't ever let you fucking get into the game again. Uh, one of the uh, games that uh, I remember the terror went on for like three weeks actually um, was a Soul Calibur 6. It would ban you for life. And no appeal. No way to appeal. Just because it's like, oh, you're running Linux, so you are running a hacked Windows, you're a hacker, I'm banning you, and I'm banning you for life, and there is no fucking appeal process for that. It doesn't even tell you. It just will never let you connect again. And probably will not let you run your game again. They fixed that fairly quickly with Soul Calibur 6, but uh, I don't know about the status of people who were banned, but that's not the only time it's happened. Well, seems like Marvel's Avengers is exhibiting very reminiscent behavior similar to Blah, and here's my biggest gripe why we've wasted 15 minutes on a game that is brand new that does not work we're the best Linux games podcast, not the broke Linux games podcast after the update which got pushed out at like 3.30 this morning um now I get an error message instead of it just hard crashing and by the way the game is 90 gigabytes it's a fucking it's like the second biggest game I think I've ever downloaded from uh, from Steam for Linux um, second or th- it's in the top three uh, but the bottom line is is this since the update that got pushed out this morning now we get an I now I get an error message and when it crashes and the contents of this error message are very irritating to me it's a link to a URL which then tells me that in a nice way that does not mention the word de novo but is de novo cannot verify the validity of my credentials for being able to run this game through the uh, marketplace client that I'm using, which is French for saying Genovo is freaking out because I'm running Linux and a compatibility layer. Um, and here's what really bothers me. Because like normally I'd just be like, oh, whatever, fuck it. Wait a week. I'm going to return this game if this isn't fixed like you know by tomorrow literally by tomorrow and here's why it doesn't say if I've been banned or anything like that but what it does say is that I should not try again until 24 hours have passed 
So everyone who hates DeNovo, this is a great time to hate DeNovo. This is like one of the few times that we've ever talked about a game on this show since the initial DeNovo hysteria. And we were just like, no, it's not DeNovo. Because generally it wasn't. (laughs) It's crazy. Everyone just, if a game didn't work, everyone just said, it's DeNovo. Even for games that did have DeNovo, DeNovo wasn't the problem. It was remote and all... Go back and listen to, you know, episodes from two years ago. You you can you can vet our judgments. I've been right the whole way. And yes, some some games have been broken because of Novo. But anyway, the twenty four hours thing is like a big fuck you slap in the mouth, especially because. Linux is listed as one of the supported operating systems <laughs> on one of the game's websites. <sighs> yeah, whatever. Bottom line is, Marvel's Avengers doesn't work. Another game that doesn't work. We have two great games for you this week, and we're going to try to do 15 minutes on each of them, but uh, we got to finish our top stories. Um, another super disappointment from this week very sad time for me he's one of my favorite and most obscure um World War 2 slash military slash like platoon-ish level and even bigger but you know mid-range tactical anyway one of the greatest uh, turn-based slash real-time strategy it was like both uh, franchises game that pioneered this combat mission popped up in my fucking Steam client this week saying that they had a fucking sequel combat mission goes back to like 1996 it's ancient history no one remembers combat mission. No one. Very even well, okay. Almost no one remembers combat mission beyond Overlord. Almost less people even remember the original combat mission. And exactly 0.2% of the human population of the earth remembers. Barbarossa and beyond, combat mission Barbarossa and beyond, but the deal with combat mission was that it uh, it was a plausible turn-based action point based pseudo action point based it was it was synchronistic it was it was time based was what it was um, but time is just an analog for action points in one way of thinking about it, and action points are just an analog for time if you want to think about it from like a Fallout 2 perspective. Anyway, does not matter. We don't need to get into the ontological argument about this. But my mind is this. In combat mission like uh, Beyond Overlord, you you could siege, you could lay siege to uh, What the fuck is the name of it? God damn it, I'm losing my mind! You lay siege to Paris and you would have to fight it block by block. So the entire map would be 
like seven blocks of you know seven to fourteen or maybe even thirty. That's a little ambitious because it's a long time ago. These uh uh you know seven to thirteen square blocks of actual buildings architecture in Paris, like at the Arc de Triomphe, um right there, like you know, blind, and I can't remember which way uh you came into Paris, but you were liberating Paris. And what that meant was you could highlight all of your soldiers. All of this was in very early 3D. And your soldiers were really small. And that meant that they could fit inside of buildings. And that meant that you could actually access each individual aspect of each soldier down to like the very last tiny... You make them lean against a wall and peek around a door frame and then meanwhile you're doing this for like 30 different guys you got one guy who's like fucking just spraying madness from a fucking grease gun trying to give cover to everyone else as you move them across the street and you know you give the you pause the game you give the order you select you select whoever you want you give the order you tell them how you want them to do it Sometimes they're like, you know, blah. And if it's and if it involves machinery, like if it involves getting into a tank or operating uh, a gun or uh, etc., you tell them how to do that in an individual basis. But you start in broad strokes, and this meant you could do like seven stories of room to room fucking invasion fucking siege shit with like fighting off panzer shreks that are being you know fired from like like you know bazookas being fired by like Vichy France fucking uh Nazi French you know Nazi fascist supporters and shit as they try to hold out you know whatever um and you can control every aspect of every individual um member of each individual unit and you could uh, even form them up into massive groups uh, but it was it was really great it was best because it was the exact game that no one ever makes the just between um, like a battalion it's somewhere between a platoon and a battalion and you could have and you could have armor in in your in your deployment it's a combat mission it's not a uh, and by the way, it was a, it was it was a tactical simulator. Um, it had an artificial intelligence that was pretty good. Um, it was always different every time you tried anything, and that was the best. Or that was the best military game I've ever played in my entire life. Sadly, the good news is the franchise is still alive. It's being developed by someone who I've never heard of before. The franchise is still alive, and they're still putting out combat mission games. By the way, combat mission also famous for having the world's worst fucking name for a franchise of all time. That's the name of the franchise. It's called Combat Mission. Then, generally, there's a colon, and then there's the you know, campaign or era, and those denoted the sequels. Um... So it's nice to see that combat mission uh oh fuck Ivor you fucker combat mission shock force 2 
carries on this details oriented I mean, if you wanted to like get five guys out of an APC or get them into it you had to like get them into it but like it, it had shortcuts that made it very easy but let's say you guys as you're running like these six guys up to the back of an APC with its its ramp lowering let's say you're in the middle of a street and you get ambushed from the side you get flanked now all of a sudden you need to delegate like three guys out of this group of six who are gonna fucking immediately not get into the APC but set up a field of fire basically a sacrificial field of fire fire for effect um, or while another one of them grenades or you could stop everybody but really realistically like it depends on what your objective is and then you can have and you can pause it as you give those orders you, you select whoever you want, the three guys anyway, that's what combat mission does not work on Linux, not at all the new one does not work, the quote unquote new one, does not work at all I did mention I'm very drunk by the way, tonight's show this morning's show is being brought to you by Jeffrey's Gym, the ideal drink listen to it gurgle anyway, that's the whole de novo, so Avengers is broken, uh, it sucks that uh, combat mission Shock Force 2 is also broken uh, but we have two games for you that are not broken and both of them are fucking amazing one of them is a major deal Ivor, based them with our feature our feature this week, by the way oh well, I'll, I'll hit you up. hit him with it who do you think? oh my god it's the Libyans the Libyans never gonna let you down I can read your mind this week's feature, I can't read you, I can't read you, I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. I'm beginning to still rub and it's scaring me. Our feature this week are two games. Uh, one new, one uh, older, but now finally runs on Linux and is on massive sale. Uh, let me tell you about the one that's on, we'll, we'll just tell you about both games real fast, and then we'll try to do like 10 minutes talking about each one of these games and what makes them so special not reviews not even a fucking you know blah but uh, like a big you know in depth exploit because both games uh, I have not had either of these games for longer than four days which is one of the reasons why Friday seems... I can't believe that yesterday was Friday. I cannot believe that today is Saturday. And I refuse to believe that tomorrow is any day other than Westerday. It's true. Uh, I, I'm sure that Mitch McConnell and his uh, master Vladimir Putin will back me up on that. Cocksuckers. Cocksuckers! So... We have two games for you. First game is the game we'll talk about second, but we'll mention it here first because it's called Star Wars Battlefront 2 Celebration Edition, which now through September 7th is 70% off at $11.99. We will we'll get to why you want to avail yourself of that deal as soon as possible or why you might. Actually, why you should. Why Why I would highly recommend that. Mm. 
in a moment. But first, we're going to talk about a much less, uh, showy, glitzy title. Uh, definitely one of those titles that back when I used to have to cover E3s, it would be in like the back of a room that was shared by like 16 small developers and it's one of the best games that I can recommend it's not on sale it's not that new, came out July 23rd 2019 so it's almost a year old it is out of early access is $9.99 it is called People Playground now People Playground is a Okay, here's here's a, just because we, we don't have a lot of time left because I ranted so much about DeNovo and etc. But uh, hopefully that gets fixed, by the way. I, but we'll find out tomorrow. If it's not fixed, I'm returning it because I don't, I can't keep notes of like when it was last 24 hours. Anyway, so People Playground developed by Mestiez. Published by Studio Minus. People Playground is a uh, pseudo two-dimensional side-scrolling platformer perspective uh, incredibly moddable like literally you can just it's very easy to create mods for this game without any like real like you don't need because it's two dimensional you don't need like to be great at like graphic design or anything like that you know blah you don't even really need to be that great at coding it's uh, it's it's pretty pretty fucking easy um to find not only just to to find the mods that you might want, but to just make them find mods that are similar to the ones that you want, you know, modify those. Then you learn how to fucking actually make your own mods. Um, from what I from my snaky bakey, which by the way, this game recent reviews overwhelmingly positive one thousand three hundred forty nine. All reviews overwhelmingly positive eleven thousand seven hundred ninety nine. So, here's the deal. There used to be a game, I can't remember the name of the game, uh, but it was for the iPhone, when the iPhone was, like, only like, three years old. I think it was called, like, Owies, or, like, Ouchman, or something. And People Playground is basically the same game. In that iPhone game, it presented you, with, you could uh, drag a ragdoll um, and put it in position and pose it however you wanted. Uh, and it was it would be a ragdoll, and you could make an entire level around it using either rigid body or non-rigid body uh, basic game physics. So that means that like when you start the simulation, all of gravity clicks in, and the things that are not rigid body, rigid body, basically meaning you could think of them as being nailed to the wall. So, like, you could make, like, floorboards and mine 
minecart tracks. This is all in two two D. Um, and if and you know those would be rigid bodies because you'd want those to be the floor, quote unquote the floor. Mm. Meanwhile, you would have um a rag doll, you know, puppet, two arms in a faux T pose, but because he's two dimensional. And he's got one, you know, he's like in layers. He's like in layers of paper. You know, like his right arm is in front of his right hip if he's standing, you know, with his hands at his side. And his left arm is behind the right arm and the right hip. If you get what I mean. Well, the goal of this game was to basically create Rube Goldberg contraptions that cause the most physical damage to individual body parts on your ragdoll. It also gave you, so like you would, you know, build this whole level or whatever, and then you pose the ragdoll so that like when he dropped, he would then propel himself either via um, just gravity, like, you know, oh, I'm gonna face plant it down a fucking, you know, 70 degree ramp with you know, little mini stairs protruding from it that will launch me by breaking my neck via my nose as I hit it going, you know, 15 miles an hour with my face, which breaks my neck and causes the rest of my body due to inertial physics to basically somersault in the air because my legs are now thrown forwards from behind and, you know, away we go, and then into the bowling pins, into the buzz saws, into the into the plate glass windows um, into uh, you know destructible boxes, into you know, whatever, etc, 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 etc etc, etc, onto a little red wagon that is set at an incline, and has you know, a detector, so that when I land in the red wagon, if I get kind of proximate to it, if I'm mostly in it, it'll register, it'll see me in the red wagon, and that'll release the brake, and the red wagon then begins down part 27 of our, you know, Rube Goldberg death trap. Most of what I just described could actually be done in that old iPhone game. It makes me sad, because doing a, um not a ripoff and not a clone but an improvement and a modernization and a uh, more uh, fully featured and modernized version of that game was w- one of the one of the big game projects I've got four, you know, the last four years five years I have three and a half major game projects that I really you know, one thing or another has gone in the way of me completing them, but I really wanted to do this game because it, it it was such a robust canvas for your imagination, even just on the one of the early, the second generation iPhone, which had very little memory very little space, you could even um, use the camera on the iPhone to take a picture of someone and then isolate their um, face in the game and just staple gun that right on to the mannequin that served it. 
served as the uh, you know corporal realization of your sadistic darkest fantasies and you know inner rage fueled passive aggressive Rube Goldberg like evil genius maniacal inventions because it was all about therapy it was all about teaching that guy anyway people playground so that was literally 15 years ago when I played that other game and I always in the back of my mind I have other ideas for what I would like to do but bam this week I discover this game people playground which came out July 23rd 2019 people playground takes everything that I just described which used to run on one of the earliest um, touchscreen smartphones like it's it's crazy how neolithic it would seem to like any millennial who's like in their like approaching 18 to 23 years old right now like they would not believe how primitive hundreds of hours they spent in that game because it was an endless canvas and it allowed you, it actually helped me to become really what's the word, really fascinated with on like a, on like an actual you know theoretical level um, the way uh, the geography for video games is designed and then assembled and put together and why certainly anyway and it got me very much into coding eventually in a backwards way it took like seven years after um, that game which unfortunately the developers stopped supporting on the iPhone anyway fuck that game now there is people playground which is like the more hardcore more directly militaristic violence focused but nonetheless hilarious, insane and absurdly um, creative easy to use two dimensional pseudo Rube Goldberg you know, chain reaction proceed, uh, you know uh, not procedurally generated um user built you have to build your own levels but the genius of people playground is it is so much more powerful the scope and scale of the shit you can build in this game are ridiculous beyond that the actual nuances and complexities of the ways in which you're able to in interact with objects, make objects interact, and or also incorporate very sophisticated um, logic circuits, uh, robotic animations, um, different types of detectors, different types of uh, has everything you need to make almost anything you could ever want to make. Especially if everything you've ever wanted to make involves 
making two-dimensional stick figures essentially kill each other in horrifically graphic um, ways. Hopefully, you're a little more creative than just because you can like just spawn two guys, pause the pause the simulation, attach you know whatever fucking insane assault rifle or flamethrower or missile launcher to the hand of the one guy then unpause the simulation and control that guy's hand and make him shoot the other guy with the rocket launcher that's simple what's more fun is to create Rube Goldberg like chain reaction based insane carnage machines with um, fully horrific detailed psychotic um, physical simulations and then to blow it all up at the end, but even better is to save them, so here's the, here's the deal before we go further with this, yeah, okay, we're gonna go an hour and a half, or an hour and twenty Ivor, here's the deal with people playground, here's what makes it awesome tons like limitless amounts of entities this is also a drawback, which we'll get to in a moment. Very detailed physic, uh, gravity, you know, rigid body gravity simulation and for like a two-dimensional you know, block, meaning it can can handle a lot of it can handle either a lot of very undynamic objects, like objects that don't move and aren't going to collide uh, with each other and shit. It can handle a lot of the simple behaviors if you have a lot of objects. Or it can handle a very few number of objects that are incredibly dynamic and involve massive calculations. Like in terms of like, we're talking about like shit like... um there's an there's a tactical nuke in this game that really renders like with the force of like what a tactical nuke to scale would be like for the default scale for the individual um, default humanoid and android models can also give the humanoid and android models and other models such as an automata like uh, uh, super deadly insane plasma based laser turrets or um, pseudo 2025 year 2025 esque um, hyper crude militarized versions of the uh, portal sentry guys is someone there you know, meaning like a self-rotating, you know, automatic, uh, automatic rifle slash machine gun with box ammunition, you know, maybe 556 NATO rounds, uh, that can self-target and can actually has a broad, um, a broad, uh, God damn it, what's the word I'm looking for? It can look all the way down to like immediately zero along the z-axis, so it's like staring at its quote-unquote feet, so like underneath its tripod, it can go from there all the way 
to 360 degrees along the x-axis if you're talking about like so you know because it's two dimensional there's a gun pointing out of a box on a tripod this gun is has its own built in logic it can look 360 degrees at any given time it can't look in all those directions at once but it can scan so it has like a, a basically uh, limitless has an un- unless there's an obstruction it has an unobstructed it has a theoretically an unobstructed field of view and once it sees something that it identifies as living it will fire upon it beyond this there's a very interesting concept that this game uses in terms of physics sandbox shorthand that is I want to say that maybe the original Incredible Machine or maybe the Incredible Machine 2 from like 1996 or whatever had something like this but it, it was nowhere near as good as this there are all different types of wiring in this game and you can build very complex almost starbound uh, with mods le- level of complexity in terms of like automation um, machinery detection and uh, stuff like that with switches and gates and uh, fairly sophisticated uh, you, some of the, some some of the more so- fairly sophisticated circuits you have to build yourself, but once you do, you can save them and then just import them wherever the fuck you know. Every time you open the game, you just go to like you know your saved uh, contraptions is what they're called, and these can be anything from like just like you know sixty five bowling balls in a uh, in a shoot, you know. So you paste that into you. St- you open up uh, uh, <laughs> people people playground. Go to a new map, and you go to your save contraptions, and you click on the one that you want, and you put your cursor into the map, and then you press the insert entity, and it pastes the whole fucking thing. There's some problems with this, but we'll get to that in a moment. This allows for making really complicated, very detailed, very pain in the ass, very insane, very reusable, very modular, very interesting contraptions. Like, want to build a giant wall that just uh, stabs with like spears? Uh, you know, like maybe like a meter and a half one way, and then pulls back the spears, and it's like maybe 60, 70 shelves tall, and every other spear shelf goes out and then comes back in. Goes out. You want to build a garage door? You want to build it with pulleys? You want to build it with, um, you want to automate it? How do you want to automate it? Do you want to automate it so that you can just, uh, activate it by key press? You want to use a pulley to make, like, actually a traditional garage door, which is what I spent three hours doing yesterday and then you want to put like you know laser turrets behind it that lower from the ceiling and then you want to add oh by the way all this is being run via um, motion and life detectors 
Oh, and then you want to add like all the accoutrement. You want to add the wiring and the lighting because this is your secret base. And then you want to have a, a check. You want to have a camera check that looks, oh, sees, oh, human person bad. And everything goes apeshit and then sirens blare and these turrets come out from the ceiling. And all of the. Our video of the week, hopefully this week, will be of my recreation of Carousel from the ever fucking popular uh, 1970, mid 1976, mid 70s classic science fiction uh, tale of adventure, dystopia, action, love, romance, and the human spirit, Logan's Run, in which everyone who turns 30 has to die or has to take their chances by competing in an insane game without rules called Carousel in which all participants actually are eliminated like Running Man to the great delight and joy of the, you know, the remaining survivors of the society and they enjoy prosperity and blah and they they watch carousel and then one day they turn 30 and they're the land renew so i made it with um giant propellers took like 40 giant propellers layered them turn stuck them basically against the wall in a uh in a pseudo hexagonal kind of cocoon-like thing with a a grouping of three in the center that faced straight up and all the rest kind of face like an iso circle inwards. So you drop someone in there from the top and they become instantly weightless. That is the simplest, stupidest thing you can do in People Playground. Now, Problems with people playground, and yes, I'm like, is I got I got eight and a half hours into into it. There is no structure to the game. In fact, the game feels fairly unfinished, and there are some big problems with the game. Biggest problem number one: if you are at all familiar with any real, if you've ever done any real game development at all, especially if you've done it with any sort of eyed like, you know, like, Unity, you know, where you have the engine and you have the integrated uh, programming and modeling environment, you know, so you get all in one. Um, or, if you've ever done any fucking modeling, animation, rigging, or anything of significance in Blender, the user interface, the graphical user interface, and the entire scheme of how you actually go about managing the things that you create in People Playground is infuriating. Won't go into super detail about it, but the bottom line is this, you can't save everything that's that you've done to a file with a file name. You have to actually manually, with the mouse, there's no Control A, there is no A that selects everything. Nothing like that. <coughs> and there is no timeline for the uh, animation, so you can pause it, but when you unpause it, every th- gravity clicks back in and everything el- everything starts to animate, you know, according to the physics, you know, as blah. 
which means you have to guess what those physics would be. Which also means that yes, you can pause it again, and you can pause it at will, but you can never rewind it so that everything is reset to its original position. Meaning you have to do many, many, many irritating, paranoid, intermediate saves. And if you're like me, I've got eight years of fucking pretty intense fucking blender um, under my belt. I'm really rusty right now, but this game is, I'm going back. I'm going back. I'm, I'm finishing two games this year if we live. Mm. I've been so inspired by this game. Anyway, the bottom line is people playground. If you have a background in this sort of stuff, it will seem and will be incredibly irritating that they have no workarounds, that they didn't see these flaws in the design, like not being able to save a scene, not being able to save everything underneath a specific file name. What you have to do is you have to select everything and then you have to save it all as an object. And that's cool, but and you can name the object, but the objects are saved and displayed when you want to go to load one, they're based, they're, they're, they're alphabetical, they're sorted alphabetically. There's no way to sort them by date. Um, and for larger objects, frequently the the thumbnail of it will be of like some, you know, tiny top part of like a building or like a crane or something that you built and you have no idea what the fuck the rest of the thing is. And then when you go to paste it into a blank, you know, a blank scene, so you can work on it again or incorporate it with other stuff, it's very difficult. There's no way to tell where the top and bottom of the design are. And generally the blank scenes are of enormous scale. So like, even like the largest thing I've built could be pasted like three times vertically and so getting that getting all of it to balance exactly right again if you're pasting it into a new scene which you have to do there's no way to save anything other than through the save contraption mechanism it's very stupid that and the lack of rewinding is just infuriating it's really mind-bogglingly infuriating but if you've never gone to play around with anything like this, this is absolutely one of the best $9.99 you will ever spend. That's almost a fucking review. Finally, shit, we are so, we're running so late. Finally, I'll just give a little bit of lip service because I only started playing this game yesterday. Star Wars Battlefield, or Battlefront 2 is on sale right now. 77, 70% off now through uh, September 7th, so two more days at $11.99. I hated Star Wars Battlefront. I thought it was one of the worst games I'd ever played. Especially one of the worst games. You know, we're talking about like Master Terrace Kasi, Yoda Stories, Star Wars Battlefront. It's, It's in that same list of nasty trash uh, attempts to cash in on nostalgia blah and that was like fucking 20 years ago in fact 
I will read you. Well, I, next week I'll, when we do our full review of Battlefront Two, which came out in November 16, twenty seventeen, this game is. I got this game yesterday because it was on sale. It, it's a bit of a pain in the ass to get it running uh, on Linux via Steam. I actually have to like do this weird thing where I alt tab and then I I try to double click to catch the, to make the mouse catch the actual game window which once that happens it it's great it's great you also have to run proton g but without that is a very frustrating thing to get the window to actually open and it takes a long time it's a it's a patience tester the rewards for this are numerous I won't go into super huge details but I'll tell you this this is what I wrote in my notes for Star Wars Battlefront 2 first of all it is forget if you have if you like myself have nothing but bad memories of the original Star Wars Battlefront forget them this game is almost nothing it bears other than like the broadest, highest level structural overview of its design it's nothing like the old Battlefront other thing game runs great in multiplayer it's super fun in multiplayer, it can be really hard in multiplayer it is super easy to set up game modes if you just want to play single player which is not, it's not going to satisfy you, because you're going to want to unlock a bunch of shit, and to do that you're going to need to kill a lot of people Here's what I wrote about this game, and I'll leave you with this because we're we're coming up to an hour and fifteen minutes. I'm sorry, it's been a very drunk episode, but fuck, man, this week flew by. And by the way, I logged seven and a half hours in Star Wars Battlefront in the last eighteen hours since I bought it. That's unheard of. Biggest draws for Star Wars Battlefront are just super dumb fire action. Whether you want to do it in multiplayer, whether you want to do the original campaign which follows a terribly voice acted but magnificently rendered um, cast of original characters through their own unique Star Wars adventure that was written, animated, and you can call the voice acting voice acting. It's like such a it's like an insult to like the concept of sound to call it voice acting. It's so bad, which makes it hilarious. The models are phenomenal. The animations and rigging are spectacular. The action is diverse and intense. There's actual elements of real strategy and some tactics in the single player, but it's basically just kill everything, for the most part, which, in of itself, was the actual hallmark for the original Battlefront. And that's one of the reasons why I hated the original Battlefront. What they do differently this time, apart from numerous... The structure of this game it's like they took Battlefront and they looked at it like the nasty piece of trash that it was and we're like, okay, well 
Everybody, let's get to the whiteboard. Blue sky me some spitballs here. What is wrong? Y'all played the game for, you know, 10 hours over the weekend. Good. And we'll go around the room, round robin this, and I want you to spitball. What was fucking horrible about that game? Oh, well, it was repetitive. Repetitive! It was stupid. Stupid! It was very difficult or completely not challenging. No in-between. No in-between! Um, basic interest factor. Basic interest... New content. No new content is based entirely off of the Star Wars, original Star Wars. No new content. No new ideas. Stale ideas. Rehashed. Resold to uh, the youngest person in the audience with $60 and, uh, you know, Han Solo underwear. You know, blah. And then instead of just like looking at that and then putting together like a team to do like a cost benefit analysis in terms of like, uh, how many people would it take to re-engineer this? Uh, uh, how long would it take? And how much, uh, what kind of promotional budget? And then another movie coming out. Instead of doing that, they just actually like hired 15 programmers who were like, okay, cool. Fix these 87 things that were wrong with the first game. I'm like, okay. Oh, and by the way, new engine, and uh, I want it to be electrifying. I want every second of it to be like fucking electrifying. Like Jojo Rabbit. Make it like Jojo Rabbit, but Star Wars, an action game, mindless action game with, you know, light strategy and massive multiplayer elements in. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. And here's. I'm going to read you, and I'll close with my little thing that I wrote as a blurb for uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, which, by the way, I have to tell you, it normally retails for 40 bucks. This game at $11.99 for the next two days. I mean, I, we'll have a full review of it next week, maybe the week after, but it will not be $12 again. And this game is absolutely worth 12 bucks. But here's the number one thing that they that they really did. Um, they really retooled after they fixed all of the basic, endemic, fundamental problems with the original Battlefront game. They fucking made the game look unbelievable. It is Star Wars the porno. It, I mean, it is so good looking. And it has all of the wackiness that's, you know, that it comes from having basically an arena shooter that's, you know, mob based. You know, like, oh, we're going to spawn 15 bad guys and it's, you know, kill count based. And like, you know, even if you're. I, I personally prefer the single player to the multiplayer. I, I've done two multiplayer matches. I can see how they could be come very addictive. There's also a first person mode. This is not just a over the shoulder um, game. And you get to play as droids, as Sith, as Boba Fett, as the Emperor, as Rey, as uh, Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker, as blah 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 blah, etc, etc, etc. Last thing I got to... Oh yeah, so... The game just looks phenomenal. And it plays phenomenally, too. Even though it is a pain in the ass right now to get 
fully it's not a super pain in the ass, it's just like there's no real like method I can't really tell you how to actually get that freaking window after you wait, like it takes like five minutes every time for it to actually like load up but then it loads up minimized and on mint you know, 20 or 19.3 um, it's almost possible but really what they, they did with this game was they made it look amazing and it looks and feels like Star Wars and the original campaign which has its own story and its own environments, its own enemies it's a, it's it's phenomenal and there's probably I'd say uh, actually I can tell you I think that there, so there's 8 16 I'm going to say that there's at least 30 or at least 28 something like that um characters from the from all eras of all three trilogies which is a weird thing to say um and outside of the original campaign which you can play as I think you can play you always get the choice of do you want to play as uh the uh first order or do you want to play as the new republic the old republic or the whatever the f- I get I get all the errors confused because like the old republic yeah so old republic the oh yeah it'd be the old republic the rebel alliance and and or the new republic and you know whatever faction or whatever and this, there's these episodes the game looks phenomenal and you'll just see these Star Wars firefights in a way that like you've always wanted to the fact that there's a first person mode for a lot of it is really good the alternate fires and the weapon skills and the leveling up and the what I understand of the progression tree is also great one last thing and I'm going to read you this little blurb that I wrote but the thing that I did right before I started recording this this morning after drinking a lot more whiskey was I started playing Star, the Starfighter um, simulations I started just running first to 100 kills in Starfighter you know it's me and a wingman versus until 100 kills and I did it. I got I got good at it. I got good at it. It is so fucking visually impressive. And in the cockpit, if you're jonesing for um next month's hopefully we live to see it and hopefully it gets released on time, uh release of Star Wars uh Squadrons, which has everything that this game has, plus a lot more, because it's totally vehicle oriented and has VR. So it's like X-Wing, X-Wing versus TIE, X-Wing Alliance, in cockpit view, but in VR, you're jonesing for that already. And you've never seen any of the Starfighter stuff in Star Wars Battlefront 2. And you have $12. You like Star Wars. You like action. You need you need to get this game in the next 43 hours before it goes back to 40 bucks. This is a steal at $12. 
it's a huge download. It's like 90 gigabytes or something like that. Um, but yeah, I cannot. So, okay, so what, 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 um, spaceships can you fly as? And by the way, all of these have in cockpit and third person views. The control system for all of them is a little weird. But once you get used to it and you shake off, like, you know, the impulse to control it, like it's a flight simulator, it's not a flight simulator, but it is a very good and very responsive, nuanced, not super nuanced, but it's nuanced enough. Uh, flight system, what it makes you feel like is like, it makes you feel like you're in the fucking. Uh, the f- the first movie with Ray, the the only good one of the new of the last trilogy, in my humble opinion, remember that where they go to the the Cantina planet and the First Order finds them and there's that amazing there's a big battle and there it's air to ground and ground to ground and there's tanks and all these soldiers and all these X wings and everyone's getting strafed and there's just lightsaber fight in the middle of it and there's one of the most amazing shots ever. It's a rotoscopic fucking 360 degree that pairs off into different chase cams that are like uh, inverse kinematically like angle. It's like all of a sudden you're on like the wing of an X-wing after it flies by you and it, and it shows you everything and you get every it's amazing. That is exactly what the star, the, the spaceship combat in this game feels like, looks like, and plays like. It is as, it's just challenging enough to be, you know, wow, I can get good at this. Oh, fuck, I'm dead. And still want to just constantly, mindlessly keep playing, blasting the shit out of things. What can you fly as? You can fly as, you know, Slave One. You can be Boba Fett's ship. You can, uh, be an A-Wing. You can be, uh, traditional X-Wing. You can be, uh, and these are just spaceship. These are like, these are just space superiority fighter craft. There's a whole fucking armada of fucking land-based vehicles and all sorts of shit. You can fly as you, you can use uh, Darth Maul's spaceship from uh, uh, Phantom Menace, which actually is probably my favorite because it's the most deadly. I think you can fly three different versions of the Millennium Falcon. You want the L three thirty seven? You want the Elite one with uh, Lando Calrissian, who's one of my favorite characters to play as in this game because he's got such amazing skills. And he's got L337. You want to be that one? You can fly that Millennium Falcon. You want Chewie and Han Millennium Falcon? You can fly that one. You want Ray and Chewie Millennium Falcon? You can fly that one. You want um, TIE Fighter, TIE Interceptor, Kylo Ren's uh, TIE TIE Monster thing, which is like a hybrid between a TIE Advance and a TIE Bomber. Um, and is an amazingly deadly machine. You want to Darth Vader's TIE Bomber. You want TIE Interceptor. Uh, TIE Fighter. The straight up fighter. You want the new fighter that they made specifically for this game. You want um, 
Yoda's Jedi spaceship from, I think, episode two or three. Maybe three. Yeah, from the Clone Wars. Done. All of them handle differently. Blah. Big problem with the environments, though, for, like, if you're just gonna do, um, I wanna be the first person to kill 100 other fighters, is it has a weird habit of not spawning, sometimes not spawning in anywhere near anything that, the number that it's supposed to spawn in. And the other thing is, the areas you can fly outside of them but they don't really have clear boundaries and there's no warning until you're flying outside of them if you fly outside of them you die of course then you can just respawn select a different you know blah other big problem you can't switch sides mid battle so like if you you can set up like a whatever the fuck you want like if it's a space battle whatever um space superiority thing like you can do like the the ring from uh um, Rogue One. Um, you know the thing from the end that they end up bombing with like a giant exploded superstar destroyer. It's awesome. Um, yeah. Anyway, it, <laughs> I'll read you just this last little blurb, and then I will. I'm very high now, man. I'm sweating bullets. I'm so fucking stoned. I accidentally took I accidentally ate literally four times as much weed as I normally that's why I've been up all night. That's why I'm talking to you now. But anyway, so bottom line about Star Wars Battlefront 2 is it's like a really pretty girl that you love having sex with. But she has like problems communicating and is emotionally sketchy just generally, but only in patches. You know, it's periodic, episodic, aleatory, comes and goes. But those two downsides are offset, particularly in in that you and she both like the exact same thing. Which, if we're, there'd be fucking which is analogous in this context to actually Star Wars itself and so that forms the basis for your relationship and it's actually your shared love and or knowledge of that singular subject around which everything eventually gravitates and it becomes like yeah like the basis of the relationship is it superficial? some might say yes I would say yes but you know, walk through the ocean of most men's souls would scarcely get your feet wet. So is it superficial? Sure. But is it also a rocket ship to pleasure land? Oh, yes. Is it for all time? This feeling of joy? Who the fuck knows? Lick up the honey stranger and ask no fucking questions. Bring a blaster. Cheers. Catch you next week. Where we'll hopefully still be alive and even drunker. Now you listen to me. The book out of music can be rather good than Jugglers Gin and what a pretty good stuff. Pour it out, listen to it, gargle a little. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times.
Hi there. There is delight in doing things right four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yada yada yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yada yada yee. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. Yellow is the color. Gambling is the game. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.